embark on a journey into the unknown, where two or more are gathered to discuss what you are afraid of. This is Nigel the Goat speaking, along with your host, Davey Wavy, and we welcome you to the Red Pill Cartel Podcast, where crazy feels like home. Davey Wavy coming back at you with episode 118 of the Red Pill Cartel podcast. So my next guest is none other than Mr. Dusty McBalls, host of the Rainy Day Horror Show podcast. And I cannot tell you how fucking crazy this episode got we went all over the place uh from you know horror movies and investigations into who uh ed and lorraine warren really are you know the demonologist and the spirit channeler from the uh conjuring movies and the nun and uh, the Amityville horror hoax. We got into talking about how they were pretty much hoaxers and how, you know, Ed was a pedophile and how Lorraine uh, turned a blind eye to his uh, ways. So it's pretty wild. And uh, then... Uh, Dusty got into a whole lot of stuff about, uh, well, well, both of us got into a whole lot of stuff about, uh, paranormal, uh, goings on and, uh, him, him and his girlfriend, you know, they've only, they've only been together for like five months and, um, but yeah, she's kind of like a channeler and he's kind of like, you know, guided by her, so... That's why I'm titling this, you know, the real Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, something along those lines. But I hope you get the gist of it. I really hope you enjoy the episode. But you know what you got to do beforehand, right? Yeah, you got to smoke a couple dubs and fucking drink a couple beers. You know what I'm saying? Relax and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Cartel. Davey Wavy here coming back at you for episode 118 with a very cool podcaster. Uh, his name is none other than Dusty McBalls, and he's the host of the Rainy Day Horror Show. Dusty, how are you, brother? I am doing wonderfully. That's the best name ever, by the way. You Thank got Davey you. Wavy beat. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny because, like, I. See, I take podcasting seriously, but I wanted to like n- not be like super serious about it. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, I br- just bring dark comedy to a different aspect. So I was like, you know, let's just do Dusty McBall. It's funny. It's stupid. And let's just have fun. 
I told this girl today, I'm like, yeah, I'm recording with the guy named Dusty McBalls today. She's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it's also perfect because it's like a non-forgettable name. Like when you say yeah. Dusty McBalls, it's like, what? Yeah, I was telling my, my co-workers too, and they were fucking dying laughing. They're like, that's a fucking hilarious name. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. funny though, man, because like, and like, like I listened to a few of your episodes, and the last one I listened to was the your, the I think the latest one you put out, the vampire one. Oh yeah, my yeah. short horror story. Yeah, yeah, and I was just laughing at your uh, your uh, banter before you started li- uh, uh, the story. Right, I was just fucking laughing my stuff. It's great. Oh. Do you get do you do do you uh, get high or anything before you record? No, I don't do drugs or drink. I'm completely 100% okay. sober. Being Young and sober. Yeah, Yeah, I have really bad ADHD, so like I can go just off the walls. And you think I'm on drugs, but I'm really not. You're just witty, that's all. Yeah. It's good. Well, I, I, it takes a yeah. little bit of alcohol, a little bit of weed for me to get my wits about me. But uh, I'm older. I've been through some fucking traumatic shit. Mm-hmm. and uh it is what it is but uh yeah so tell the cartel which is my audience uh you know how you got started in this what is it what it is you're doing right now and uh yeah how about that i got well my introduction into horror was when i saw the nightmare before christmas when i was like five i was really young always loved that movie and then i started exploring all different types of horror movies but i didn't really get into horror until like maybe the sixth grade when insidious came out love that movie also so excited for the red door i'm seeing it on saturday so nice i'm so psyched um and yeah just ever since then i worked at a movie theater just watched horror movies i got free like horror stuff like just completely got into it and I got into podcasting. <clears throat> My story in a podcasting is kind of weird. So back in 2018, I was supposed to ship out for the Marine Corps. And I decided against it literally right at last minute, right at the airport. I got a hold of a phone and said, Mom, come get me. I don't want to go. And after that, I oh, tried. That's right. yeah, I heard that on yeah. uh, uh, Imaginarium of Thought. Yeah. Yeah. So around we Zach Waters. Yeah. So I was after that, I didn't really know what to do. So, but I knew I was like a little bit of a creative person. So I tried music, got all of the recording stuff, had a home studio, everything. And then I did that for a few years until I moved down to Atlanta in 2021. And I just stopped just because I didn't want to do it anymore. And because your ADHD kicked in and you're like, uh, not for me anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm, just saying, and, I'm kind of the same way, but I've never been diagnosed. Oh, mine's really bad. Yeah. No, I, I, I am also a, a little bit of a musician myself. I've made music and I just never followed through with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I still love to do it, but I, I live in an apartment building now, so I can't really be loud like I used to. Mm-hmm. It's like, so much fun. A, when I was living in a house, I had a basement, so I was able to just fucking crank up the amp, crank up the stereo, play along to it, and you know, smoke a dupe and fucking zone out and kill it, right? But now yeah. I can't do that shit anymore. So podcasting it is. <laughs> so I 
producing and mixing and engineering my own beats and i specifically did it for hip-hop and after that kind of fell through about a year ago i was just in a really bad place like i didn't want to be here anymore like i just wanted to go completely off grid by myself on some island and just just be myself and be who i want to be and I wouldn't have to listen to any outside source. I wouldn't have to follow <laughs> a, a weird government. Nobody could tell me what to do. Like I could just relax. Every day would be the same. Go up, go outside of my little hut and just go to the ocean. Like that's what I wanted. And so I think that's a dream for a lot of people. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and so I was just really, really depressed, really sad. Just didn't want to be here. And then, but I always loved to tell stories i always loved to prove or show people not really prove but show people that nothing is ever as it seems like i'm 23 years old and i'm fully tattooed and i drive a bmw and you would think like oh like i have a neck tattoo i have a face tattoo like my i have a half sleeve like i'm like decked out in tattoos so you like think post like, malone here in his fucking bmw <laughs> <laughs> without so, the mustache <laughs> yeah yeah so you would think like oh he's obviously a drug dealer no i am like i work my ass off for this car or you think like oh his parents bought him that no you're not a trust I, fund no i work hard for what i've got and i learned that from my parents so shout outs to them for that but i just loved sharing stories and showing people that nothing is ever as it seems. And I just love horror and I just wanted to dive into everything horror related. And once I got into podcasting, literally podcasting saved my life. So. Cause it's therapeutic for you, right? Yeah. I don't do like, even like, I know there's people out there that are making a shit ton of money off of podcasting. If, podcasting didn't have the money i still would be doing it and i know a lot of people because like i'm one of those people like obviously that's one of the reasons i do it but if it wasn't involved i still would do it sure same with me like i'm not making any money off this shit but i still love doing it yeah it's so much fun and people People are on board with it, and I appreciate that like wholeheartedly. Like, I never thought I would get to this point where it's like I'm getting this amount of like exposure and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it is what it is, and you know, yeah. the, the the more outreach I get, the better. But if not, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and oh, I just had it in my head. Hold on, it'll come back. Never mind, it didn't come back. Braid fart. Yeah. yeah. It farted and came out the uh, one of the years. It yeah, did. So- I can smell it. <laughs> Inhale it. Uh, I just watched Cocaine Bear today. Oh, how was that? It was fun. Isn't it based off like an alleged true story? Yeah, I, I think it's over- a little bit embellished, but the fact that like this bear is like hooked on cocaine... Like it got one one whiff of it, and then next thing you know, it's like the fucking bags of coke are all over the same forest. So it's yeah. like going around fucking collecting cocaine, and like that's all it wants. And then once it gets 
the coke in its in it in in the nose or the mouth, like it swallows a whole fucking kilo, and then it goes ape shit, right? And then like, so like it could be attacking you, and then you just throw a bag of coke to to the side, and it'll like go after the coke. Oh, instead. that's so funny! Yeah, it's so, hilarious. So what you're telling me is it's it's embellished, kind of like the Warrens. Ah, yes, we were going to discuss that, weren't we? I am so excited to talk about this. <laughs> I have been waiting to talk to somebody about this. I was telling my coworker about that the other day and about, you know, the uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, right? And he's, they're like, yeah, from like The Conjuring, right? And I'm like, yeah, but their most famous case was the Amityville case, right? And uh, so he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I got this guy coming on, Dusty McBalls, and he's going to tell me what he just learned about them. So tell us what you learned. So first off, found out Ed was a pedophile. All right. And on top of that, the, the girl that he was, that he, you know, did stuff with was 15 years old. And what? she still got, with Lorraine? Yeah. And she, okay. and she was turning a blind eye to it. So she, he ended up getting the 15 year old pregnant and they forced her to get an abortion. So it wouldn't ruin the reputation. Holy shit, dude. What, what uh, time period was that? Oh God. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Cause me and my, me and my girlfriend were looking it up and she was basically, cause we were watching the conjuring three and she was basically just like reading it off to me of like what she found online, but I can't remember what date it was. That's wild. I wonder if it was like um, in their Amityville period, you know? That well, would be like mid-70s, early 70s, mid -70s. I think it was 77. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, that was after the Amityville uh, incident, I believe. No, I think Amityville was 77, but I, okay. I, don't, know, I don't know when the 15-year-old... I know Jay Anson's, Jay Anson's Amityville book came out, I think, 79. Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah two years it, after yeah yeah they like these people i i always like when i was a kid growing up and watching amityville i was super like enthralled by it mm -hmm. and like we had the book at home like the jansen book and it's just got that that cover of like the orange glow with those those windows you know yeah the windows of the house <clears throat> and um it always fascinated me. And even the book that I had, like you're reading through it and there's pictures of flies on the pages. Really? Yeah. It was wild. And uh, yeah, watching the movies growing up and everything. And like, uh, I, like people were telling me, Oh, it's fucking fake and this and that. And I wanted to believe it, you know, but then I found out like with through research, like, they just took the murders of the DeFeo family and they rolled with it because I don't think anybody's had any experiences in that house after the Lutzes moved out. Well, I did an episode on it and I, from what my girlfriend was telling me while we were researching together, found out that Amityville is actually a hoax. Yeah. And we, a and damn we, good one though. Yeah. And when I did my episode on the Amityville horror, I, at the end, when like that whole family moved out after 30, 30 days, I think. Yeah. Found 30 days of terror. <laughs> yeah. There was all the other families that moved in after them. 
reported that nothing there was no paranormal activity in the house at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and it's kind of like the whole like it's kind of like the Enfield poltergeist too, because Judy Judy, the, the girl that was possessed in the in that whole thing, she came out years later and said that the that she fit that she faked some of it. Her and her mom faked some of it. But there was things going on though, right? I don't know. You know how in the conjuring too, when the Warrens went over there, they were over there for a while. What happened in real life is they went there, knocked on the door, they got rejected, and then they showed up another day and stayed for the entire day, like unwanted. Oh. Their whole investigation was just a day. They stayed there unwanted? What do you mean? Like they were just there. Like they didn't, like they weren't welcomed there. They were just, you know, they showed up and like, hey, we're here. And well, maybe Ed Warren was up to the little girl then. It could have been. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fuck. And like I was saying to you, like in our chat, our Instagram chat, you know, um, he's a demonologist. So maybe he's like, he got it. He got involved in some dark shit. And, you know, and maybe he's fucking possessed or something. I don't know. That very well could have been it because I know. Sometimes when you're around dark shit all the time, it can just, you know, you just happen to manifest it around you. Yeah. But, I don't like looking into dark shit. I, I used to, but now I come, I'm kind of looking into more like uh, how the creator is like all love and light. And, and that's where I want to go. Like, I don't want any, anything to do with the works of darkness anymore. I'm fucking done with it. And I see people delving into dark shit and I'm like, dude, like, yeah, it's there. Trust me. It's dark shit is out there. Yeah. But you don't need to be looking into it for too long because it'll fuck you up, man. It does. And for some reason, don't ask me why, but the darker for me, the darker it gets, the more I love it, but not in the sense that I want to be a part of it because I know yeah, when to right. stop. I yeah. know when to back up and be like, hey, this is this is a little Logan. You're acting a little weird right now. OK, you got to chill out. I know when to stop, but some people out there, some I people probably, do not. Yeah. Yeah. The majority I would assume doesn't know how to back off of it. I think a lot of people who are also like addicted to uh, like hard drug, like the harder drugs and stuff, they tend to go down those really deep, dark rabbit holes and they can't get, they can't get out of them and it just overtakes them. Right. You know, you know, the saying, um, if you stare into the abyss long enough, it'll stare back at you. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what's going on with these people, I think. Yeah, and, and same thing with Ed Warren, right? And even fucking Lorraine, dude, like she's a channeler, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, she's <clears throat> obviously looked into some dark shit, and you know, like for her to turn a blind eye to that, yeah, that's fucked up. Also, I just want to point put it out there: everything that I say about the Warrens is alleged. It's alleged. From, okay. Yeah. It's from my, what I found out, but the websites that I looked at, you know how sometimes there so are haters. There possibly, I mean, he was a part of the church. No offense to any church goers out there, but we do know what priests like to do. Okay. Not all priests, but some right. priests. Right. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm just saying this, like, I believe it, but if you find your, if you guys go out and research it and you guys see a different point of view, convince me. I would, I'm so I'm really open-minded unless it's the flat, flat earth theory that no, no, thank you. Don't want to be a part of that. Not into the flat thing. No, I hate it. Okay. Um, well, my point of view about, like, you got me thinking when you told me about Ed and Lorraine. Um, <sighs> what was I going to say? Uh, the fact that Hollywood, which is full of, you know, pedophiles and child mm-hmm. sex trafficking, the fact that they're, like, over-embellishing and propping up the Warrens says a lot. Yep. In my mind, you know, like if he is a pedo, then they're probably like, oh, he's one of us. Let's let's uh, embellish his his life stories, which were mostly hoaxes. Yeah. And, and fucking, you know, get his name out there like he's a hero, like he's a fucking demon hunter and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though he, even though he couldn't fucking battle his own demons. Yeah. And it also <laughs> came out. It also came out that um, Ed would beat Lorraine and when they were making you know Annabelle conjuring one and two before she died in 2019 she was on set for every film to quote unquote help its accuracy and she made sure that there was no sexual assault domestic abuse any like pedophilia in the movie wow yeah what is the source uh for these allegations um i'm gonna have to text my girlfriend for it and okay, i'll let you so, know i'll let you know if you want to put it in post I'll yeah do know. that do that now like text her now and then uh okay. yeah if you get an answer then we can put it on the show too so yeah um that's fucked up man do you yeah, think really bad objects that they had in their quote-unquote museum were actually possessed or had any kind of uh dark energies attached to them um so this is kind of let's talk about the annabelle doll for a real quick second so remember in the first movie when they helped the um the nurses and the conjuring or oh the conjuring sorry the conjuring not annabelle the conjuring so those two nurses from my own research never came forward. The priest that allegedly blessed the house where the two nurses lived never came forward. And then there was another story about the, about a priest who came over to bless the Annabelle doll. And he made fun of the, he made fun of her and something, I can't remember something bad happened to him. He never came forward. And then one time at their occult museum, this couple that went there on a motorcycle was driving, was driving back home after they made fun of the Annabelle doll and they got into a head on crash with the tree. The woman barely survived and the male, the guy, he died and neither. Well, obviously if he died, he can't come forward, but the, the, the girlfriend never came forward either about anything. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what do you think kind of like what what do you think that means? I 
I don't know. It's tough to say because part of me wants to believe that maybe Annabelle is weird because there's, you know, there's, um, uh, who's, what's the doll over in the UK? Is it Billy the doll? I think it's Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's superstition around him too, but could it be the same way with Annabelle? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I don't really want to find out. I don't want to go to the occult museum and test my luck by mocking a possibly demonic doll. Right. Next thing you know, you fucking go to bed and then you wake up in the morning. It's right there in your face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my girlfriend just sent me the links to it. So okay. I'm going to read them off real quick. One of them is judedoyle.medium.com. The other is thelineup.com. Another one is ranker.com. The other one is wickedhorror.com. And the last one is thoughtcatalog.com. And so all these uh, all these links have the allegations? Yes. Okay, and okay. Allegations about them, what they did. <clears throat> how how fucking fake they are, right? Yeah, fakes and frauds, yes. And it made it to me personally after I started listening to and like listening to my girlfriend tell me all this stuff. I was like, you know what they kind of remind me of? Like a miniature cult, not on like the grand scheme of like a full blown cult, but they do have all cult aspects within what they're doing. Because they have people on board and believing what they do, right? Yeah. And then they also have, you know, the sex with minors and then they also have the whole religion aspect of it too so they're kind of a mini cult i think personally yeah um yeah they're making money through getting people into believing what they are trying to portray themselves as right yeah and and we could we could even say i'm a cult i'm a cult leader by doing a podcast and having people be on board with what I'm saying, but I'm, like, I'm, is, not asking, I'm not asking very, for time or anything, you know? <laughs> that is very true. That is very yeah. true, yeah. These discussions amongst the podcast community, like like fans of one particular person, mm-hmm. it's almost like a cult. And same mm-hmm. same thing with like rock stars and shit. It's yeah. like any kind of creator, you know, there's good and evil in any, everybody, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't portray myself as a saint or anything. Like I tell everybody to relax, smoke a couple joints and have a couple beers and enjoy the show. Right. Yeah. I was like, I'm not some guy, kind of guy who's like sitting here being like, oh, prim and perfect and proper. Yeah. You know, like I belch on my show. I swear I curse, but I do believe in the ultimate creator. Right. It's yeah. not me. It's the person the, the entity that, that created me and you and everybody else. Yeah. You know, so anything that you, when you talk about stuff like that, people get really on board and it's like, I don't necessarily want to watch what I say because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be myself, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, cheers and love to all the people that are still on board listening. <laughs> yeah. I, and I would encourage all uh, one thing I love to do is to uh, every guest that I have on, I want my 
audience to go and check you guys out too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not all about me. It's about all of us. Yeah. We're all trying to get to the same spot on this podcast, Totem Pole, or whatever you want to call it. I'm just looking for, you know, like the truth about why I'm here and and I want everybody else to figure out why they're here too, you know, mm-hmm. like some kind of sense of purpose, you know, without, without any kind of uh, grandiose delusions that you are a God, you know, cause yeah. there is, you're not, no humans are gods. Like people worship them as demigods, whether they realize it or not, but really there's only one fucking creator who created all of us. And, that's where our attention should go. That's what I think anyway. I don't know about yeah. what you think, but I don't, Oh gosh, I don't, I don't really dive into, well, I, I do. I'm lying. Um, spirituality and shit. I do. I do dive into spirituality. I think there is one universal God entity that did create everything, but I don't, think it's the typical christian views in that stuff but that's just me uh i don't subscribe to any religion so okay yeah because i to me this is why i don't follow any religion it's like i feel weird like for me i'm technically kind of rebellious obviously a face tattoo so i'm kind of rebellious but i don't think i should be a specific way to get accepted by a specific entity that will let me have an afterlife. Right. You know know what I mean? Like, I don't, to me, that just like, I just don't like that. That's just me though. Well, no, that's the thing. I think religion hijacked the whole entire concept of the truth. Right. Yeah. And they put codes in there to make you think that it's real. You know, like they, they, they rearrange the letter. Okay, so this could go deep because the whole English language in itself, I believe, was created in order to, uh, you know, cast spells. You know, we're spelling when we speak. Um, but it causes confusion as well because the you know, you look at the English language and then you look at the English translation of the Hebrew Bible or the Greek or whatever, and then people are so hypnotized by it because they believe, you know, it's like the ultimate one word of God and, you know, the Quran is the ultimate one word of God. And it's like, really, though, is it? Because English is, is that, I think... Honestly, I think English is the the language of the devil or Satan. Yeah. You know what's funny? I was able to trace back my ancestry, and I found out that I have a little bit of Romani blood in me. For people that don't know what Romani is, it's the correct term for gypsies. I found out like a while ago that gypsies is technically racist, so it's the proper word is Romani people. So Romani, how do you spell that? R O M A N I. So it's almost like Romanian. Cause that's where gypsy, uh, gypsies are, uh, originated from. Is it not? I think it was near India. Actually, okay. okay. 
from what I from what I tried because it's 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 tough because these um like this group of people <clears throat> they go so far back and it is like so kind of like not in mainstream anymore so mm-hmm. it's hard to try and find information on them like i wanted to go and read like their type of like magic and like what they do and like what's their whole spiritual side i can't find a book on it because they have uh, like the origin the origination of uh origin of uh gypsies yeah because they from what i found online they started in southeast asia and then yeah, Southeast Asia. And then some of them moved over into Egypt. Some of them moved into Africa. A lot of them moved up into Germany, the UK. Like, they moved all the way west. So, it's really kind of hard to trace everything back to where Okay, it so it's, yeah, so it's Indo-Aryan ethnic group, apparently. Is that what it is now? Yeah, so that's okay. what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, man. I've always been fascinated by gypsies. I don't know why. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of werewolf uh, um, mythology uh, in regards to the the gypsies. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you seen Lock Grove? I have not. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so the. Hemlock Grove had the best <clears throat> werewolf transformation scene I've ever seen. Like human to werewolf, right? Uh, so it, it was, I'm not going to like go into the whole semantics of the show, but there are two characters in it, a mother and a son, and they're, they're Romani. They're, they're gypsies, right? And uh, the son she's like trying to protect him and like, like they move into a new town in a trailer, you know, and she's like, you gotta be careful. He's like, I know mom, I know. And she's like, the moon's coming soon. Right. And he's like, I know, I know. And then uh, she's out there with him. She makes sure that he's there with her when he transforms. And when he transforms, like his bones start cracking, his neck starts cracking. He's like, ah, fuck, right? And he's like, ah, his nails are growing. And then like the fur's coming out. And then there's nothing but like fucking gore and blood, just like, yeah, like his skin's peeling off and you see all the fucking muscles and everything. And then when he transforms into the wolf, he just, he shakes like a dog, like, and you see all the fucking blood, like, come off of his fur and everything it's amazing dude. yeah it sounds really cool but yeah like she was talking about like you know our family history and this and that you can't you can't hurt people even though you're a werewolf you know <laughs> it's pretty wild yeah. man yeah it was i was like because it's it's i'm not like i have like a very very tiny sliver of it in me so it's really it's it was just so interesting to me because now i was just like well because they have started a lot of stuff in like witchcraft and stuff like that like tarot card readings um the the glass ball that whole thing that's where it came from so it's really interesting to see all of these different kind of like witchcraft cultures take a little bit of it into theirs right for sure 
it's you, you gotta wonder if, if like it, that whole thing originated with these these people, right? Yeah. Like the people, like the, you know, they like the woman who would wear like a a head wrap or whatever, and she's got, she's got her crystal ball, and she's a gypsy, right? Yeah. It, it's it's just fascinating. It's a fascinating thing to look into. It is. And by and the it... Way, I sent you the transformation link. Okay, cool. YouTube, yeah, so you can look at that later. But uh, yeah, holy shit, man! <sighs> Going back to the Warrens again. <laughs> you know, um, it just it blows my mind how, you know, how hypnotized people can be through programming and conditioning into believing that somebody is like a saint or, or like a demon hunter and a channeler. And, you know, I, I do definitely believe that there are real people out there who are demonologists, obviously, because it, it is a study. It is a form of study and spirit channelers as well. I know, I know spirit channelers and they're, they're very beautiful people that I've yeah. met on my journey through podcasting. And, uh, you know, um, so what did you, what did you get out of, uh, listening to my first episode? Because that was the main one I wanted you to listen to. Um, my, my paranormal experiences, what did you get out of that? So remember I, so I know every paranormal experience is different from person to person. So I wanted to ask you when you heard those voices calling out to you, you know, when you thought it was your mom and then you heard the, the thank you and the deep, like growly voice. Yeah. Did it sound like someone was talking to you or did it sound like it was coming from your subconscious? It definitely sounded like somebody was talking to me. Okay. Cause, for cause it was like a disembodied voice and it was like not inside of my head. It was out in the ether. Right. Yeah especially the thank you one that was like from around the fucking corner in another room and somebody else heard it with me. Right. Yeah. So, cause my paranormal experience. So, cause my girlfriend, she's extremely clairvoyant, like sees everything on a daily basis, just all the time. And we have this. So, Cause my, my girlfriend is involved in like, she's Puerto Rican show. So she has like Puerto Rican magic in her and she practices it. She's not bad. She doesn't do dark magic. She does the white magic, the good magic, the light magic. And she has this deity that kind of like protects her and stuff like that. We call her birdie. Right. And she was in my, I didn't know this. And it was one night I'll tell the trail story later, but it was one night when we were just got back from the trail and I'm just scared shitless. And I just feel eyes on me constantly in my room and stuff like that. Like this was the first time I ever had to sleep with the light on right next to my bed. Like this was the first time I've ever had to do that. And this female voice comes from the corner of my room, but it wasn't like somebody was talking outside of my head. It sounded like she was in my head and she was talking to the corner right next to me okay and it wasn't like it was like a subcon it was like my subconscious almost like to me almost like telepathically right yeah and it but was the, very audible yeah and it was so trippy i literally sat up and i was like 
get the fuck out of my room, bitch. I am not doing this tonight. And then I didn't realize that she was her protector. So I was like, well, can you apologize for her for me? And she's like, yeah, she said, it's fine. She understands. But wow, it was that's weird. It was really weird. And I've seen like maybe a couple times because I'm getting I'm getting a little bit clairvoyant. Not to the point where like I can see shit all day, but occasionally every once in a blue moon, I'll see something. And it's like, even when I see something, it's like I get extreme tunnel vision. Like it feels like, you know, in the mask where I think it's when Jim Carrey sees that hot lady and he like jumps up in the air and his eyes bulge out of his head and his tongue goes down. Yeah. It like my eyes felt like they were doing that, like just being pulled out of my head. And like this. So I'll tell the story real quick. I would there in Minnesota, there is this like mental institution used to be a mental institution in Anoka. And we were there one night. It's, it's a real creepy place because I got a shit ton of like spirits on my phone. But the second time we went there, there is this cemetery. Weird thing is the cemetery is not where the old um, mental institution is. It's right across the street from the high school, like right next door to the high school. And we go in. I knew it was a bad omen because the gate was open and it was just as the snow started to melt. So there would be that gate should not have been open. And I go in and my girlfriend's right behind me. We're walking and I'm asking her what she sees. And she's like, I just hear this girl manic laughing. And as we're going through the front, being careful not to step on anyone's graves or be disrespectful in that manner. So we start walking around the side of the fencing and we get up to the front gate and I look in the middle and there's like these, like, you know, like the fake candles that like flicker and stuff like that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well in the middle, it was weird because there's still a little bit of snow on the ground. So it's kind of, it's still a little bit cold out. So I'm like wondering like, why would somebody come in here in, in the middle next to a bench light, like put these fake candles down because all of these, all of the patients that were buried in this graveyard, they don't have like names on them. It's like an, I think it's a number. I could be wrong, but I think it's a number from what I remember. It's a, I think it's a number. And so I'm looking, I'm looking and my girlfriend is telling me like what's going on and like what she hears. And next thing you know, a guy comes through to her and says, you need to leave right now, but not like in uh like get the fuck out. Like we don't want you here, but in like a way that like, he's trying to protect us a little bit. Like we could felt, she felt a little bit of protection from him. And as I, cause I looked at her and asked that what he was saying. And she told me, and I looked forward and I kid you not, I saw like a six and a half foot, just black shadow taking like three, four foot, three or like four foot like steps. And he's hauling ass towards us. And my girlfriend, I'm like, and we just left and we heard just this manic weird laugh or she heard this manic weird laughing the entire time. And it was, it was just real trippy. <clears throat> That's fucking freaky shit, dude. Yeah. Like I, I don't, uh, after my experiences as a child, I never really 
wanted to <clears throat> investigate anything. I just kind of like took it as it was. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've had kind of like, uh, thoughts about being like a, a paranormal investigator and shit like that. But no, I never, I never really took it to any kind of next level or anything. I just kind of, I was just always like, ah, oh, it is what it is. And I think that was definitely part of my process of awakening, so to speak. Yeah. And realizing that there is more to life than just what we see, touch, taste and feel or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, man. And then I started having like astral projection experiences and, you know, it's just like things are what they are. And, and now mm -hmm. I'm able to think outside the box because of those experiences. Do you think any of these experiences that you and your girlfriend have had are to kind of wake you up to, towards, uh, another kind of reality that most people don't even want to think about. Yes. I, the reason and do you believe that God allowed that to happen for you to come back to God, like the prodigal son. See, this is, this is what I think. I think the reason that I can hear most, most like more things than the average person and my girlfriend consistently see stuff this is my theory because I do believe in reincarnation one, because my, and this is, this is why, because energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be recycled. So what are we at the end of the day? We are a hundred percent pure energy. So I think personally, as the older your soul gets and the more times you be, you have been reincarnated. I think you are more percep per perceptive. Is that the right word? Yep. Perceptive. Yeah. Yeah. To seeing things and knowing more about the other side and having more knowledge about the other side. Cause I, the only reason I investigate what's like ghosts and stuff like that is because I truly want to know what's on the other side. Cause naturally I am a curious person. And I know what happened to the cat with curiosity. I know. Trust me. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But I am just naturally really curious about just everything. Me too. So I think that's why I am able to see and hear and why she's able to see everything. And she's working with me and helping me out. The more times we investigate, the more stuff that we do, she'll lock me in places and just leave me there in the dark and say you can't come out until you hear or see something and she like exposes me to this stuff so because i really want to know what's on the other side i think it feels like that the long how long have you been together with her for we've been together for five months oh shit that's oh, that's a short period of time but mm. i think that she's developing your intuitiveness and your powers i think so too because before her see I think now this, I think I am a little bit psychic. Maybe one of your viewers can DM me and talk to me about it. Um, just for the fact that, cause one of my good friends, her grandma is psychic and I will occasionally talk to her and learn stuff about like the other side or what's in my future, stuff like that. I'll talk to her about it. And 
I asked my friend to ask her mom or grandma. I was like, so on average, I get three to four dreams a night, just consistently. 90% of the time, they're premonitions. And I also accidentally found out that I can lucid dream. So Isn't that a beautiful thing? It is so weird. It hurts me. I will say, I think it hurts. Really? I love mine. Yeah. yeah well, the, the way I can tell I'm about to lucid dream is my hands will start to go numb, like tingly and numb. And then I also, like, if I, I only really get them when I take a nap during the day. And, yes, yes, for sure. And when I nap, I get like these weird, like energy pulses in my head. And it gives me a, it like hurts my head every time it goes. Mm. So then I shoot into these dreams where it's like, you know, like a, a TV from like the nineties or like the eighties where it's still a little fuzzy when you're on a channel. Yep. My dreams will be like that. And on top of that, like I won't be able to breathe. Like I wake up consistently like gasping for breath and then I'll go back into that same exact dream. That's different for me, man. Is it? Yeah, I never really hurt. But um, I know that I am um, in a state of in uh, where I'm in control of what's happening in the dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can kind of piece together. So I'm eating an olive. Um, I can piece together what's going on in the dream, and then I can piece together what happens in the dream and my actions. Because if I'm just regularly dreaming, it's just like a flow, right? Yeah. But when I'm lucid dreaming, I'm like, I'm going to fly right now. And then I end up like pushing my feet to the ground and then like going up into the air and flying in the air. And like, you know, next thing I know, I'm like looking at people on the ground and I'm like, okay, I want to go a little higher now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I shared my experience with my friend and she asked a grandma and she's like, it is very, it could, you could be have some psychic ability because when I first met my girlfriend within the first week, I had like three premonitions that are already like not like that week i had premonitions but like that week three premonitions that i previously had happened in that week right so i get them all the time yeah i don't get very i don't get premonitions in mine i don't think but everybody is uh given a different gift from god i believe yeah I do that. I right. Agree and I with don't that. think we should be, you know, envy is a sin, right? So I don't believe that we should be envious of other people that have different abilities because that's envy, right? Yeah. <laughs> we should be glad of what about what we have given from God into our own abilities, right? Yeah. Some I- other people would envy us for having different abilities, right? So it's mm-hmm. like Everybody can be grateful for what they have and don't have. That's another Holy Spirit fruit, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. I I love my dreams. I wouldn't trade what I have for Same here. anything. Because 
it like makes me excited to go to sleep and then it makes yeah. me want to go to bed at a decent time so i get all of these like beautiful dreams they're like mini movies to me and it's yep so much fun and i love that i have the capability to see like a little bit into the future of what's gonna come yeah um that's another podcast in itself but since we're talking about dreams we could go there i've had mm -hmm. dreams uh years ago of uh, like I i've said it so many times on my show but um i, I once kept a dream journal by my bed so like when i woke up i could like write down what i dreamt about and not forget about it yeah but i lost that journal but i can tell you that every fucking dream that i wrote down in that in that journal i still remember them <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're it's almost like they're more um real than the reality that i live in yeah it's it, fucking intense this one dream that I have, and I hope to the universe that it is a premonition. I'm don't know. So I pull up into the, like this neighborhood. They've got nice houses everywhere. And I am sitting like in this car. It's, I can tell just by looking at the mirror that it was a white car. I felt like in my dream, I feel like it's a luxury car, like maybe a Mercedes or whatnot. And it's, raining outside my favorite kind of weather it is nighttime and i'm pulling up to this house and it is this beautiful old like victorian i wouldn't say it's a mansion but it's not like a small house it's this just this big beautiful victorian house and next thing you know i fast forward in that dream and i'm in the basement and my mom she's on this like lazy boy in the downstairs living room and she's playing games on her phone. And I remember coming out of this like dark hallway into the living room and I'm like crying and I go up behind her, like kind of like reach over the, the chair and like I hug her and I just start bawling my eyes out and I'm like, I finally made it. And then after that, the dream just cuts off. Interesting. But I've also had horrifying dreams, like dreams where I've, fought with the devil and i woke up at like oh god what time was it it was right before three in the morning and my door was swung wide open and i never sleep with my door open and when i noticed my door was open that time i saw something like this black figure bolt in the hallway past my door when it was Fuck open. that dude i'd be like yeah. scared yeah it's almost like it was like it entered your consciousness and you're fighting with it and then you got rid of it and then you woke up and saw it run away. Yeah. And I don't know. Feel? I don't know if maybe if it's the one, if it projected that dream in me and I was actually fighting something evil or while I was in the middle of the dream, something, you know, good came through and was like, no, you're not doing this right now. And maybe did something where, it was like, no, you're not doing this to him right now. And then I saw the last, I saw the good spirit just leave. Right. Whew. Yeah. That's intense, dude. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. I had one dream where I, uh, 
I didn't know I was dreaming at the time because I felt it was fucking actually happening. But uh, uh, I was sleeping and then I, I saw myself. I was looking at myself and I was in a lotus pose on my bed and I levitated off of my bed. You know, the lotus pose, like the, the, the yoga uh, pose. Yeah. 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 I, I was doing that and I saw, I was looking at myself doing that and I levitated up and then off of my bed onto the ground and landed safely. And then when I, I woke up directly after that and I said, did I just fucking levitate? Yeah. Did I, did, did that just happen? Mm-hmm. Cause it felt like it did. I actually felt myself levitating, but then when I woke up, I was in my bed, right? So I was yeah. like, what the fuck was that, dude? Yeah. I, I still see it in my mind, clear as day, as I'm telling you this. And yeah. that was like 10 years ago. I don't understand how, because obviously that sounds like a, more of a spiritual dream. I don't know how, like, I would love to explore that more and see, like, how do we get these, like, spiritual dreams? And, like, where do they come from? Because I think is... they come from, I think they come from God, honestly. Like, I think, I think we've lost ourselves in society right now because I think that everybody in the, you know, the mass media, the TV, the movies we watch, I think we've forgotten who we really are. And I think yeah. we really are full of these abilities and superpowers, but we just don't fucking know how to tap into it. Yeah. Where we get like, where we turn into zombies. Cause we're just brainwashed by mainstream media, just pouring all this stuff at us. Exactly. Yeah. Like the zombie apocalypse is, I think it's already happened. Like people mm -hmm. want it to happen, but I think it's already here. Yeah. You know, I think it's just an allegory for how society is. Like my, mm -hmm. one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Dawn of the Dead by George A. Romero. Yeah. And I got to meet him one day, thankfully, before he passed away. And he signed my five disc box set. And they said, stay scared, Dave, you know, and that was a beautiful moment. But um, th that whole, that movie is all about like the, an allegory and a social commentary about how people just eat up everything that these devils put in our faces. Yeah. And they don't want to think outside the fucking box. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you think AI yes. could? Yeah, you do. I think, therefore, I am. Anyway, keep going. Do you think <coughs> AI could take over the world eventually at some Absolute, point? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I do think. I've been, I've been talking about this a lot lately. How mm -hmm. I think AI could be uh, the Antichrist. Yeah, I think a lot of podcasters have been talking about this as well. Um, I do believe that it could embody all of us through Neuralink. Mm -hmm. What well, if we get that Neuralink chip that Elon Musk wants to get out there? 
Yeah. He could be the harbinger of the Antichrist. He could be like ushering in the Antichrist mm-hmm. through the fact that we have a Neuralink and we're all in a hive mind together. And then it, it would embody one fucking person. Maybe not just one person, but all of us yeah. in the Antichrist spirit where we believe that we are greater than the creator. We are in place of the creator. Therefore, we will all be the Antichrist. I don't think it would necessarily be one person. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be one person showing signs and wonders, like it says in the Bible. But I think we could all show signs and wonders through the Neuralink chip and uh, AI and giving us all the worldly information in our brains. Yeah. See, I think that I don't know Elon Musk personally. So I just want to put that out there. I don't know him personally, but I feel like if I don't think it's going to be Elon Musk, I think it's going to be someone years down the line that is more not really sinister, but has the power to make it more sinister. And what I think it is going to be is I first think it's going to start with warfare. I think they're going to bring AI drones into warfare and use that to control a specific area where they can fully divulge all of the other artificial intelligence into it and right. then because it's kind of like how it like how it did how it did it in terminator or how if you ever played ghost recon breakpoint where there's the main villain he has a bunch of ai drones that are that you have to fight against like i think it could go that way that's where i think it's gonna go yeah um you know i think um I was listening to this one show the other day by uh, Operation Red Pill. Shout out. Uh, But they were describing how the U.S. of A was inherently formed in order, like way back in the 1700s or whatever, you know, to usher in the Antichrist. And I think uh, I think that's true, like because they took on. Uh, the the esoteric knowledge of Atlantis and all that shit, and they they were talking about how Atlantis was a utopia in itself for the the demigod uh, Poseidon and the creator, the ultimate creator, the Most High, as we call him, um, wiped them out because they they were too high on themselves and they were going around and uh, causing warfare with other um other countries and shit but they were like a utopian society amongst themselves mm-hmm. Not, they didn't create a utopia for all the whole entire planet it was just themselves so i think that what we're coming into now is this one world religion this one world government the new world order call it and uh you know we're gonna get wiped out again <laughs> you know yeah if we're but we if as long as we're on the side of the creator uh consciously we're gonna go back with him and we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be upgraded you know yeah see, i think i think anyway see <clears throat> on that same topic i think because you know 
it's hard to def- define a good and a bad person. What I think a good person is like, yes, you could have made some bad mistakes. You could have stole money in times that you really needed money, stuff like that. But if you come to terms with that and you're like, Hey, this is this, that what I did was awful. And I will never do that again. I think that puts you in the, you know, the good person pile where if you're a bad person, you know, you go out, you do all this stuff and you just like, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think that puts you in the bad category. So I feel like, cause it is so generic to like label somebody a good person or a bad person. Like a good person could be, you know, did nothing wrong in their entire life, but a good sure. person could also have been like, I did a few bad things, but I know that they were bad and I shouldn't have done them. And they might, cause karma's a thing. Karma's like, they might've gotten karma for it. Like that might be your, you know, your way of, you know, being put more back into the good pile because you were just like, yeah. And I got my karma for it. It was awful. I'm never going to do that again. Well, I think that's what we call repentance in Christianity, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. It's like you turn from your wicked ways, like it says in the Bible and try not to do that shit again. And I think that's essentially what constitutes a good person. Uh, They want to do, good for others and themselves and then if they if they screw up again that's called sin right yeah and i think everybody in our fallen state which the bible says we're in a fallen state that's what christianity says we are we're no you know we were we were once divine and then we fell into this you know sinful nature right so uh i think it's just all comes down to duality and Whatever side that you choose, light or dark, uh, you're either digging your own grave when you choose darkness or you're striving to be a better person by following God's laws, right? Or not only God's laws, but the the natural law, right? Natural law Mm -hmm. is we like people who are secular, you know, non-religious people, they they think they're doing good, but maybe they're not, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah. have answers, but I'm always striving for all the answers. You know, I'm striving for the mm-hmm. truth all the time. So I'm trying to be the best person I can be by treating others that how I would want to be treated. And Jesus summed up the golden rule by saying, uh, if you treat others like you want to be treated, then you're following all 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a very important thing. But then, then again, the Ten Commandments are have also been brought in from ancient Egypt. They have their their commandments too, which was from the Book of the Dead. So they had they had their Bible too, right? Yeah. So it's it's really hard to get to the fucking root of the actual fucking absolute truth. But I think uh, I think. Definitely that, you know, um, treating your fellow man and human being and saying, hey, good morning, you know, I love you. You don't have to say I love you, but you, you treat them like you love them because yeah. of yourself too, right? So so I have this I have this weird theory and I, I said it on my when I on one of my last episodes on Dorothea Puente. She was a serial killer. She was well in her 70s and she oh yeah the grandma killer yeah that one dude that was creepy as fuck right 
So then you you probably heard my theory on there. Like, do you think you know when somebody gets like two life sentences, three life sentences, and like of like fifty years after that or something like that? Do you think that when we die, we go on, we go on to the afterlife, and then before we are thrown back into what the next life if if we do get reincarnated and stuff like that do you think that carries over into the next life so i've been looking into this a little bit lately this exact question that you're asking me so the whole reincarnation concept is if you didn't get it if you didn't get God's message the first time around, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're probably going to come back into their body or let's say uh, a plant or an insect or an animal. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, right. Yeah. I, I do believe that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all energy based. Right. So, yeah. So, the thing that I was looking into was that when we die, you know how there's multiple accounts of people who were, uh, you know, they're like on their deathbed, they leave their body and they see the light. Mm-hmm. Then they might get a message from some higher source saying, it's not your time, go back into your body. And then next thing you know, they're back into their body and they're sharing their story. I saw a white light in a tunnel and then somebody saying, it's not your time. Go back. Right. Yeah. So what I've been investigating was that, and this is a huge Reddit post. I could send it to you if you want to. So, um, um, there were, this person was saying, I think I figured it out. I might not, I might not have figured it all out, but I think I figured out this portion of the afterlife. So this person was saying that, um, when we, when we leave our body and we see that, that tunnel of light, <clears throat> this person was saying that I think it's a trick that the, re- the reptilians who run the planet, <laughs> if you believe in that kind of thing. I um, haven't been able to look up into them. I'm itching to dive into the reptilian society. So, okay. So anyway, and that will lead me to something else after this, but anyway, if the reptilians of this earth have hijacked spirituality and are using it against us, then maybe they're tricking us by telling us to go towards the light. And when you go towards the light, you get reincarnated again. Hmm. And then you get amnesia through birth. And then you have to fucking figure it all out again. If you turn left or right from that light, you're going to ascend to heaven but the light is the trick into reincarnation. What? It's not called the catch 22, is it? Uh, I, I no, I don't think that's a catch 22. No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of the name for it. I don't know why catch 22 popped into my head. Oh gosh. It's going to bother me. But anyways, yes. So with that being said today, I wake up, And as I usually do, I pray a little bit, say thank you, God, for another day. What do you got for me today, right? Get up, turn my phone, turn my Wi-Fi on on my phone, and I'm seeing all these fucking videos of the same fucking incident. Like, what the fuck's going on here, right? 
people are sending me shit like they always do every day. And, but there's multiple videos of this woman who's on a plane. And I believe the plane was, I don't know where it originated from, but it was supposed to go to Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm. But she got up out of her seat before the plane, you know, they, they're just, they just got their baggage up in the, the top shelves and whatever. Right. Yeah. And she was, she was, um, she gets up out of her fucking seat. She runs down the fucking aisle and she's like, I'm getting off this fucking plane. The guy that I, this person over there and she's pointing her finger is not real. This guy is not real. If you all want to fucking get on this plane and stay on it, then you fucking decide for yourself right now. But I'm getting off this plane. That motherfucker over there is not real. And she, and there was trembling in her voice and it was freaky. And so then I looked at a few other videos of these. Now I see these other people from the same plane are putting out other fucking videos from their perspective. And this one guy said, I was I was like listening to this girl talking to this guy and this guy wasn't saying anything back to her. And then she like, cause she was having a conversation with this guy, but yeah. he wasn't saying anything to her and he's wearing a green hoodie. And then she got up all of a sudden and started saying to the whole plane, like this guy's not real something fucking weird about him, this and that, right? And then the guy that was saying in this video, he was saying, he looked back at me and he winked at me, but his wink was from side to side, not up and down. Oh, that's trippy. Yeah. So then there's other people saying this guy was telepathically speaking to her. Oh, that makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And there's multiple videos, dude. I'm sure you're going to see. I'm sure you're going to see them. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, and then, so the other thing is that when she gets up and starts speaking to people on the plane, they zoomed in on her neck and it looks like she's, she's wearing a fucking mask. So maybe it's like an actor trying to fucking, uh, get people riled up into thinking that she was sitting next to a shapeshifter and shit. Mm -hmm. Right. So this could all be fake as fuck. But then yeah. I see another video of a guy in England who was on a fucking plane in mid flight. Who was saying like, I'm getting off this fucking plane. This guy I'm sitting next to, he's fucked. This guy's fucking fucked. You know? So there's like multiple fucking things happening today with these fucking flights, man. And it's really weird, dude. That is... Bro, flights, planes, like, yes, I take <clears throat> them. But, like, if I was something, like, sinister or anything, and I needed to, like, get people with me, flights are... Flights would be a good they, source. They would be... Because you've got, what, over... Like, if you're taking an international flight, there's over a hundred... There's a over a hundred people on an international flight. Like that's a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, it's just, and then it gets people to pull up their fucking phones. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you could have a fucking actor, you know, this actor could have been 
on the plane and then just fabricated this fucking story. But then the fact that you have these other people saying that this guy looked at me and he winked at me, but his fucking eyes went side to side, not up and down. Right. Yeah. Are these people looking for clout? I don't know. Um, You know, this is how my conspiratorial critical thinking brain works. Right. So who knows, man? That is it's so true. Fucking story, though, and it's like a lot of people are talking about it right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try and find the videos and look it up and see for myself because that. Oh, that is so creepy, and it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, dude, it's like, but at the same time, like I told my oldest brother today, like I told him about the story, and I sent him clips, and he's like, I don't see the neck thing, and I'm like, well, your video is a little distorted because I can clearly see like a crevice or like a line in her neck. And when she moves, you can kind of see it move up and down because you see the Joe Biden videos, right? Whereas he's clearly wearing a fucking mask. Like his ears are kind of like torn up or his neck. There's like a line in his neck and it looks like it's separated from his skin. You know, his skin is separated. I'll have to find those videos too. I try to stay out of politics. I oh no, like, I don't like politics either. But I'm yeah. looking for truth, right? But yeah, politics politics are a source of truth because there's so much deception in it, right? Yeah, and when you look at the deception, that's where you can find the truth. That is true. That's true. I am very very new to conspiracies. That's cool, man. I could be your navigator. (laughs) You could. could. My first ever conspiracy that I dived into was MK Ultra. And that is probably my good starting point. That is probably my favorite conspiracy out there right now. I think it is so MK Ultra and uh, Operation Paperclip from the Nazis that evolved into MK Ultra, right? Oh, I didn't hear about that. (laughs) Yes, sir. You heard it here first. <laughs> Interesting. I know it was uh, what the Nazis used on their own fucking people, and then it evolved into MK Ultra once they, you know, once we quote unquote defeated the Nazis, mm-hmm. and then we took Operation Paperclip and evolved it into MK Ultra was like which was like a mass brainwashing fucking thing, which they used on multiple people like Charles Manson and uh, other serial killers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's they, fucking wild. They also used it on these poor these poor patients that were in mental institutions. It's just mm-hmm. awful. Awful what they did to them. Yeah, and they have like, you know, the lobotomy, the lobotomization, lobotomies, yep. and uh, electric shock therapy. Mm-hmm. Stuff. There's there's numerous uh, accounts of people who were once sane, and then they were brought into these asylums, and then they were insane. My experiments that they were doing on them. My favorite, um, like asylum, like show episode or like thing about asylums is american horror story season two asylum love it the way that they captured everything involved in like mental institution 
I think they did it perfectly. Yeah. Didn't they do, um, I forget the character, but I, I remember there was a, like a Nazi that they brought in, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he was, was the main doctor. Yep. He was and the main he, doctor. Yeah. And they made the fucking patient think that it was an alien doing things to her. Yep. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was just him, right? Uh, yeah. There are yeah. aliens involved, but it's more involved with, um, oh, what's the guy that's in the interracial relationship in the beginning when the house mm-hmm. shakes in the first episode at the end, I'm not going to spoil it, but at the end you find out the true meaning behind the aliens in that, which was really interesting. Girlfriend hated that season because she said the aliens didn't make sense. I loved it. I thought it was perfect, but yes, they did bring they you do find out that the, the doctor is a Nazi. Yeah. And that in itself is what Operation Paperclip uh, slash MK Ultra is all about. I'm going to have to look into that now. They I'm just ready. upgraded the technology that they used in Oper- Operation Paperclip and uh, upgraded it and evolved it into MK Ultra, which they use on um, <clears throat> Disney kids who grew up acting and the Mickey Mouse Club, and it all mm-hmm. ties in, man. Yep. Yep. It's- they actually, you know, the game Outlast. Yes. That is actually, they drew inspiration from MK Ultra for that video game. Mm. And in my, in my episode, it's called the MK Ultra Outlast Experience. And I just break it down on, I kind of tap in a little bit to MK Ultra and I tap in a little bit to the video game and how they coerced into each other. But yeah, it was, I learned quite a bit about MK Ultra and it is just awful. That's one reason why I don't trust the government. Yeah, they're they're involved in all the fucking uh, Nazi experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazis were involved in like making super soldiers. They started. They were using meth in all of their soldiers. And when they when they did the the Blitzkrieg operations, they were yeah. all on meth because they were able to like storm other countries uh, without sleep they would just constantly storm these other countries because they were all fucking hooked on uh, methamphetamine but meth ain't meth's not a joke i it ain't no joke dude i i lived on the east side of atlanta for two years i've seen some crackheads <laughs> on some meth. i know yeah no joke yep i met this one guy who was on meth he was hooked on meth before and he's like yeah man uh once you get into meth, then you start seeing the dark side of everything. Oh, that's awful. It's horrible, man. Like he, you have this demon talking to you, telling you, you need this drug constantly in order to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking sad, man. Yeah. Do you believe that acid rooms and like DMT that, you know, the fourth wall so you can go into the spiritual side of everything? Or not like into well, that was, it, but like you can see the fact that there's more reality than this reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I was 14, I dropped acid for the first time. That was one of my, another part of my awakening, you know? Mm-hmm. Like my buddy was like, I was in the mall one time and my buddy's like, here, Dave, take this. I'm like, what is it? He's like, just put it on your tongue. I'm like, 
What is it? He's like, don't worry, it'll make you feel like you're drunk. Okay. That's so funny. Teenager, right? Yeah. You know, the fucking veil is torn and I'm fucking tripping balls, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have had it any other way. See, I can't do acid shrooms or any hallucinogenic drug because I know how my mind works and I know what's in my mind. And like, if I, if no matter how many times I did it, I know I would always have a bad trip. I just know it just because of all of the horror I watch, all of the, like the dark things, sure, not, like, sure. not like attracted to, but like, I'm not like attracted, like I'm doing them, but like, we're fascinated. Yeah. And I'm not, not to be like weird, but the reason like I'm so fascinated with it is like, let's take serial killers, for example, like how, like it just baffles me that some people are, some people are so messed up that they will kill somebody, chop them up, eat them. And then, then after that's done, they'll act like nothing <laughs> happened. And it's completely yeah. like that shit baffles my fucking mind. Yeah, like you can't comprehend or even fathom how anybody could fucking do that in their right mind. And these people who do that believe that they are in their they that they are in their fucking right mind. Yeah, there. And how could you fuck? I can't fucking comprehend it. No, you can't. I don't want to comprehend it. (laughs) (laughs) There is this story that I did on my channel, and it was about a Australian woman i forgot her name but she was you know typical just not serial killer-esque but just you knew she was going to be a killer just by the typical signs of what killers go through you know like um didn't have a good life growing up can't keep like a relationship with one person they're abusive alcoholics just that stuff like she had all of the all of the red flags of a killer and what she did is she met this guy she killed him dismembered him and put the rest of his remains on a sofa in front of the tv she then cooked some of his remains in a soup ate the soup put the leftovers in two bins that were labeled for his daughters she goes sits down pops two xanax passes the fuck out and wakes up next morning with her door being kicked in by the police that shit is fucking crazy to me sounds like my kind of girl yeah that is fucking insane man like how can he oh my god like like i can't even fathom like hurting another human being like i was never a fucking fighter i was always a lover right Mm -hmm. and like fighting people like it it just wasn't in my nature and like i had people I, i i even had people punch me in the face and then walk away and I was just stunned and I was like what the okay. fuck is that yeah. right and he <laughs> yeah. after them, I'm like this guy was trying to start shit with me right Yeah. but I'm like I never chased after him I just took the punch and I'm like what the fuck like yeah. why would anybody want to do that to anybody right I think the most powerful thing for a person to master is anger because if you learn how to master anger you can direct that into so many other things whether it's you know a podcast where you know you get upset you go when you give everything you have into a podcast and you feel good about it 
or it's sports or something like that. Like, I think anger is one of the most powerful things a human can like understand and discover. And when you learn it, it's, you can do so much with it. It's, it's directing energy into a positive state, right? It's not like these people who punched me in the face and ran away. And I was like, clueless like why the fuck this guy punched me in the face right it's like misdirected energy that's all it is it's yeah. Uh, uh yeah it's like why would anybody do that you know yeah. maybe he had an abusive family right i don't know but at the time when i got punched in the face i'm like what the fuck are you doing dude right yeah. i mean he runs away like a coward after that he didn't want to he didn't even want to like take it back from me. He just like punched me in the face, runs away. I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, humans baffle me, even though I'm a human, they just watching people fucking baffle me and what they do. It just is absurd to me. It absolutely is. I mean, like there's another time when I was, um, me and two friends were at uh, like a little, little mini, mini outdoor plaza near where I lived, right? And I was in like grade 10 at the time or something like that. And then um, uh, these three or four guys ended up trying to like pick a fight with me and my two friends and I'm like what the fuck are you guys doing right mm-hmm. and, and like they pinned me against the fucking uh, the glass window of this store and then this one guy comes up and he's like oh no he's cool because I know him through so and so and I'm like okay like what the fuck are you trying to pick a fight with me for right and the next thing you know my other two friends are around the corner getting fucking beaten by a gang of fucking people. Oh my God. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they came over to me and my two friends came over to me and they're like, where the fuck were you? I'm like, dude, I just got pinned up against a wall. And they're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. What happened to you? They beat the shit out of us. Right. And I'm like, why? Like, what the fuck is going on? For no fucking reason, man. Yeah. These people just gang stalked my two buddies and me, let me go. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then they were around the corner getting their ass kicked. And I didn't even know. Yeah. And I'm like, why would people want to fucking just randomly hurt people for no fucking reason? See, thankfully, me personally speaking for me, I used to have an anger problem when I was little, but I was able to learn it and harness it into a different, like different way. So now I'm like extremely laid back and it takes a lot for me to get to a level of anger. And thankfully my friend group, when we go out to bars, we go out to places, we are all on the same level. If we all stay in the same room. So if something happens to one of my friends, we all go in and help my friend. We don't like in it. Thankfully we're all in the same wavelength where we just don't get angry that easily. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, again, that's another 
uh, trait or uh, yeah, that's a trait of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, you know, slow to anger. Yeah. You know? Patience, loving kindness, treat other people like you want to be treated. It's all the same shit, dude. Yeah. And I think, I think religion really complicates things when it comes to like dogma, shit like that. Like, because look at how many different sects there are of the church, right? There are so like, many. And, and it, like, that's not just Christianity. Christianity has like, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, epis- episcopal or whatever the fuck. Uh, uh, Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, Anglican, you know, all these different sects. I can't fucking name them all to the top of my head right now, but then you got, also you got Islam and they have the Sunnis and the Shiites and you have all these people who are like divided and then, you know, you can't have anybody disagreeing on a certain scripture Right. And I think the scriptures are there really to divide us. I think, I think really we're all, we're all supposed to like take a step back and be like, Oh, okay. So there is a God, but you're all arguing within your own domain of who this God is. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I believe like all the Holy books have something to it but i do believe there is one fucking creator and i don't necessarily want to call him yahweh or allah mm-hmm. because maybe that's wrong but i yeah. do believe the creator so i'm gonna take a step back and not hang a late pin a label on myself because somebody asked me the other day like so are you a christian then and i'm like i don't like labels I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to put a label on myself and call myself a Christian because I could be getting the name wrong because the, the text could also be getting the name wrong. Right. Yeah. But I just want to like love my origin, which is the creator and uh, not get his name wrong because I could be worshiping Satan in the, mm-hmm. if, if that's the case. I bought a book on like Egyptian mythology, Egyptian witchcraft and all that stuff just because I was curious and I wanted to learn about it. And one of the things that they are huge on is names. And they said, they said in the book, if, if an evil entity or a person that causes harm to you knows your real name, then they have control over you. And you don't want that. That's right. So if we are, if we are um, looking at a certain name for who the creator is, that would automatically cause division amongst the community of people who believe in it. So that's where the cult mentality comes in. When it comes to names, such as Jesus, Yahushua, Yahshua, Yahweh, Allah, Muhammad. That's where the division comes in. Yeah. And I don't think we should be having labels 
amongst each other when it comes to, you know, like, like I said, like somebody's like, Oh, you believe in God? I'm like, yeah. Are you Christian? No, because I don't want to label. I don't want to be wrong about human man-made fucking texts and yeah. scriptures. Yep. It's an easy concept in my own mind, but for other people, they're so brainwashed by the, um, what do you call it? The uh, man-made scriptures. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they think that these scriptures are divinely inspired, which they are, don't get me wrong, but we have to realize that humans made this and humans are very capable of taking uh, coding and uh, knowledge and esoteric knowledge and coding it and making it seem like it's divinely inspired, but maybe it's not, you know, mm-hmm. maybe these books are there to create a black magic spell upon humanity throughout thousands of fucking years and then making them think they're on the right side of, the, of God. You know, it's fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Fucking See, insane. when, when I hate, I don't not, I shouldn't say hate. I just don't like that. You know, when, when you're looking at Christianity or whatever religion, once you die, you go to this place and that's it. What I hope and what I want is that when if I'm if I'm in the good pool, which I'm pretty sure I am, if I'm in the good pool, I hope that when I die, the universe is like, well, you you made it here, so like it'd be cool if they like gave me like my own little island and I could customize it the way I want and okay be on that island until whatever next big thing that the universe wants me to do. Right, right, right. So there is scriptural scriptural evidence to back that up where okay. uh, uh, Christ claimed that in heaven there, there are many mansions, right? Mm-hmm. So the mansion is for everybody, every individual to have their own kind of part of heaven like it's like infinite right so Mm -hmm. every fucking person every soul that came down here and incarnated will go back to uh you know uh you you might want to call it the new jerusalem scripturally right so uh where we are able to have our own little bit of uh acreage so to speak in heaven so there are many mansions in heaven and you will have your own particular little spot. But from there, you can go around and consciously speak to other individuals, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's... Uh, and one of my favorite bands uh, is called Deadsy and they have a song called Mansion World. You should check that out. And they, they talk about that too. They say that... Uh, you know, uh, life moves a little faster in heaven because, uh, you know, it's eternal, right? Mm-hmm. And the mansion world is all about, you know, 
having your own little place in heaven. And the Bible talks about that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, See, I said, hopefully in the good pool, because just because of, I am so curious on why all the evil spirits are fucking evil. I don't get it. Like, why do you, why do you just hate everything? And me and my girlfriend came up with this theory and she's like, cause she sees spirits and stuff like that. And she was like, well, I see like, you know, so on the trail, I don't know if you want me to go into the story. I can, if you want me to, but on the trail. Okay. So I'll just start from the beginning then. And then remind me to come back to what about Carl. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you my theory. Um, so this happened. Me, when me and my girlfriend met, we completely met on a whim and we both met on Bumble and we met up one day and just kind of hung out. Didn't really do much. We walked around and on the second date, we it was Valentine's Day and we decided to go to Stone Arch Bridge in Minneapolis. And we were there for a little bit. She got really ballsy and sat on the ledge, even though there's like a 200 foot drop scare the living shit out of me because she would fake fall and I'd piss myself. But we got bored with that. And then there is this trail near my house. I call it Horsehead trail. I don't know if it's actually called that. It's just what I call it. Cause there's a lot of horses that are always there and shit like that. So one night we are, we go to after the stone arch bridge, we go to the trail and you kind of go down like a little mini hill and then you go back up on up again on top of the hill and then it kind of flattens out a little bit. And so we get to the top of the second hill and she's like, Dusty, do you see that man on the side of the path? And I had my flashlight out on my phone and I flick it up and I said, there is nobody there. And she was like, okay, because there's a man on the side of the path and he's pissed off for some fucking reason and he does not want us here and i don't feel comfortable going further so i was like you know what perfect i will let's just let's just go back all right let's just go back let's go back to the car and leave as we were leaving um i was on the right hand side of the path now and she was on the left and we both looked over and we saw like this <coughs> like dog-sized black mass just like quick zip through the tall grass and she's like did you see that i was like yes i did and i was like what was that she's like i don't know and so we make it to the car and once we get to the car we just drive home like nothing just like nothing ever happened and so when well i drop her off after the trail and then i go home And later that night, she texts me saying, this is the man that I found at the, that I saw at the trail. And she sends me this picture of this guy and his name's Carl. And I was like, that's really weird that like you just saw, like, this is really creepy that you just saw this. And she's like, this isn't all that I found. She sends me this link because where this trail used to be a part of was called Ritter Farm Park. And it runs along the side of 35W in Minnesota, on the southern half of Minnesota. And we're like, she sends me this link, and 
on this farm, on Ritter Farm, this man, Carl, lived there. And we also found out that his granddaughter, when she would go there and she would go to his house and go to, into the cellar, she would feel things touching her and like brush by her and just she thought it was haunted. So we're like, well, now we got to investigate this. So she comes back to my house like uh, like a week later and we decide to go to my town's library. And when we get there, they have no records of the of Ritter Farm Park or whatever happened there. So they told us to check out the city hall. So we go to the city hall and they had nothing. So now we're like, this is kind of weird. Why do they like this is a part this park is a part of this town like they should have something on it they said they don't have anything and that we should go to the apple valley um library because it's also attached to like so like the county stuff and everything it's like the county library and the county building and whatever so we go to the apple valley library they don't have anything so then what we do is we go to where the like the county building is when it's like right next door it's right attached to it and we are going to try and look at like the parks and recs center or the people there and talk to them and the it just closed like we were five minutes too late and so the share these two sheriffs are here they love them they helped us out so much and i want to go back and tell them the rest of the story because they didn't know what happened but they were so nice and just so sweet to us about everything. So one of the sheriffs, she was like, she started, we were telling her what's going on. And she started digging through her phone and doing some police detective work. And she's like, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you guys to do. Go to the national, the national honor society or yeah, I think it's called the national honor society in St. Paul. And it's the government building. You'll be able to use their library. They'll have way more stuff for you guys. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And she also said, go to this place in Hastings where you can look up the plot number and everything that happened on that land. So next day comes, girlfriend comes back over. We go to St. Paul, go to the National Honor Society. Well, online, we found out that when my girlfriend first started doing like the whole like recon for everything, we found out that Carl had two daughters. And when we get to the National Honor Society, we found out that he also had two sons and they weren't listed at all. Oh, okay. And so we're like, that's kind of weird. And we're just trying that's to fact weird. check. Yeah, we're trying to fact check everything. Well, we found out that they first lived before they moved here. They first lived in Hutchinson. And they moved here in like the 50s or 60s. I can't remember. It's one of the two. And they bought this land. But Carl's name wasn't on the like the the signature for the property. His brother's name was on it, which was which I also thought was weird because his brother ended up giving Carl the northern half of the park or the, the farm or wherever they were at. And he kept the southern half. And as we keep looking, we can't find a death date or a death certificate or a birth date or an obituary on Carl or his wife, but all of his daughters had one. So we're like, this is a little, this is a little suspicious. Like 
what's going on? So we asked the librarian there and she was like, well, since this was in the 50s and 60s, your town wasn't as big. It's It was still a really small town. So maybe him and his wife did something really fucking awful that the your town is trying to hide and they didn't want to make public about it. Right, to, right, right, right. To like deter people from that town. So we're like, that's probably it. So after that, we head to the Hastings where we can look up plot number and that whole thing. And once we get there, we go to a computer, we type in the plot number, and we find we found out that the family so there was one family that owned it in the late 1800s like 1890 something they sold it to a guy named gordon and his wife well gordon died of i think he died of like heart failure or something like that and he sold it to he died on the land and then the ritters or not the ritters the carl and his family they bought it from them and we found out that i think Carl died from either an aneurysm or or a heart failure. I can't really remember because it was so long ago. And then we look at the Ritters because they bought it after Carl. Three of the five Ritters that lived on that farm died. Two of them died from heart failure and one of them died from an aneurysm. And then the city, my city that I'm in, bought it. And they made it like the town park and everything. So I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Why are all these debts like the same? Like, that's really suspicious. Well, I also found out in the 90s or the 80s that somebody got, there was a drug deal gone wrong and somebody got shot and got their body dumped at Ritter Farm Park. And then in 2011, a group of like high schoolers, they were in an ecology class. They found um like a like bones and it found out to be a man this was in 2014 they found out that it was a man that was been that has been missing since 2011 and then literally 3 years ago a dude committed suicide in his car he shot himself in the head with the 12 gauge shotgun and he died at that park too so i'm thinking like is this land cursed that's and what i was just thinking yeah like what's what's going on like we don't know what's going on so so we're like well we can't find out what happened to carl so let's go do some investigation let's well i was like if you can see them let's just go to the park and let's just talk to him he's gonna probably be in the same spot so we go to the park and it's like 10 11 o'clock at night and we walk out there he still isn't talking to us and just being really suspicious. So we start walking back. We saw the dog again. And this time we found out it was a dog because sometimes spirits, when they're not comfortable with you, they tend to put up like a black shadow figure. So you mm -hmm. don't know who they are. And this dog made itself known to us. And she's like, I think that's the dog. I think that's his dog and he, the dog wants us to help him out so he can pass on to the afterlife. And I was like, yeah, that could be it. But I was like, you know what? I'm a little spooked. Let's go home. So 
gets in my car again. And as we sit down, we turn, I turn on my car and I'm looking out and I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with this, this park. And my girl, my girlfriend, she looks up and she said, Logan, we need to go now. I was like, why what's going on? She's like, there is a spirit in front of us. That's seven, eight feet tall. He's got like from the waist down, he's got hooves. He's, he looks like a minotaur, but more of a human upper half. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's just go. We're going to, we're going to leave. Let's just ignore him. So we pull out and he connects with her and says, you'll be back. I know you'll be back. And so she's, yeah, she's really, really spooked. So we drive out and we start, I start heading towards the highway. And as I'm heading towards the highway, we go over these train tracks and then there's like this a mobile home the right hand or side and on the left hand side there is this all black figure not wearing any reflective gear and in this area there's like a perkins a holiday gas station there's like you know like places you could go but all of them were shut down so i'm like why is this guy walking around before that thought crossed, my girlfriend starts tapping the side of my car really, really fast. And I'm looking down at my speedometer and just to make sure I'm not speeding because I have a shit ton of speeding tickets and I'm not trying to get pulled over anymore. So she starts tapping really, really quick. And then like, I'm not really paying attention to it. She like death grips my arm. I look up, give out the biggest fucking scream I have ever screamed in my entire life. Like this was like a horror movie <laughs> level scream. And so I take, (laughs) I take a sharp right and I go into, cause I used to, some of my friends that I used to work with, cause I used to work at the gas station that was right down the street. So I had some friends in there. So I know that I know the mobile home park pretty well. So I go in there and I just go out the other side. Next thing you know, I have a panic attack and I'm freaking the fuck out. And a week goes by and we're like, my girlfriend texts me. She's like, Hey, let's go to the trail tonight. We got to figure this out. So, so you're like the you're like this at this time, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking utter fucking sheer terror. Like Jenna Ortega when she gets her hand beat with the hammer in X. That's what it was. It was awful. Damn. Yeah. So we go. Great movie, by the way. It is. I have the movie poster right next to me. Uh, it's my <coughs> favorite movie. Pearl? Yes. I, okay. Okay. Not to detract you. Keep going. Okay. So a week goes by and my girl goes, let's just go to the trail tonight. I was like, okay, cool. But we got to be safe. And she's like, I agree. And we have a really good connection when we know it's time to go. We just always have. Wherever we go, we just know, no, we got to go. So we go there, go to the trail. And I back up and I'm looking out. So it's it's this huge square. It's this dirt, like huge square plot where you park. And I back up where my, so my taillights are against some trees and some, you know, foliage right behind me. And I am looking out and I'm like, do you see him? And she's like, yeah, he's about 25 yards in front of your car. And I was like, well, 
what should we do? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, you want to go try and talk to Carl again? She's like, sure. Let's just, I'm just going to ignore him. We'll go talk to Carl. So we go talk to, we're on our way to talking to talking. Holy shit. We're on our way to talk to Carl. And that Minotaur thing takes backs up back into the trees as we get out. And he's following us behind the trees as we go and talk to Carl. And we're looking at Carl and I'm like, Hey, Carl, how'd you die? What's going on here? Please tell me like, I need to know. And he's just like shaking his head, like disappointed. Could, could, that could you, could you see him as well at this point? Or is it just her? It's just her. It's okay, just yeah. her. She is basically, basically <clears throat> my eyes and ears. I can hear a little bit and I can see a little bit, but not as much as her. So I use her to talk to the spirits. Like a conduit. Yes. Yeah. And she, I was like, Carl, what's, what's going on here? Like, how, what's going on with his land? Like, tell us. And he looked at us like he was disappointed. And like, why'd you come back? He's like, don't, you're not, don't ever come back here. Please don't come back. He didn't say, please. I'm just throwing it in for dramatic effect. And I was like, fine, Carl, we'll, we'll leave you alone. We'll, we'll head back. And as we start to drive, I get to my car and that thing is still follow us all the way back out. And now he's in like in the middle of this dirt plot parking lot whatever and i was like get in my car and we'll leave and that was it that was it for the end of the night but me being you know the best paranormal investigator this world has ever seen i decide hey girl we should go back during the day maybe it's different we go back next day it was a saturday and we go back during the day and we get there and the first thing we notice when we walk into this park is this tree it was an old tree and it gave my girlfriend like like when as i was walking up to it she's like don't touch anything over there because next to this like tree that was struck by lightning was a pile of ashes like somebody just lit a fire right next to it like two days ago that's how fresh the coals were and i was like hey i'm gonna go look at it i'll be right back just stay here and she's like okay She's like, don't touch anything. Please just don't. Whatever you do, don't touch it. I was like, okay, not going to touch it. So I went up and I was just like, God, that's really fucking weird because this park closes at 10. And every time we've come here after, nobody's here. So who in the fuck is like, quote unquote, camping out here? And I was like, could it be maybe someone's doing some weird witchcraft shit out here? Like a ritual or something maybe that's what that's what i started thinking and i was like well let's just walk and see if where we can like where it's gonna go and as we keep walking we i occasionally hear screaming my girlfriend is hearing women argue she's getting tripped and pushed constantly um and as we're like into this trail we're like a mile in and this tripped couple, and pushed by nothing yeah yeah yeah, and so we're like a mile into this trail. And at this point, we have a couple that's coming up on the left-hand side of the trail. We're on the right being, you know, nice and not taking up the entire thing. And we're walking, and this is really spooky. <clears throat> so as she, as this couple, the, the husband's in front and the wife's in the back. They, you know, when you tell somebody something, like warn them about something, they're usually right in front of you and you tell them this wasn't the case. Husband didn't say anything. 
and the wife stopped like 45 degrees behind my shoulder. And she looked at us and said, don't go any further. And we're like, what are you you talking about? She's like, don't go any further because there's a puddle up around the bend that my husband stepped into. We looked at the husband's pant leg. It wasn't wet. And he didn't stop walking. He kept walking like she wasn't even there. And we're like, okay, thank you. But we're just, we'll, we'll be careful is what we told her. And she's like, okay. So we get up to where the bend is. There is, cause this is right when like the snow started to melt. So this trail is dirt. So it's a little, you know, it's a little muddy and you can step into, you know, where the water's running from after it melts. We get up to the bend where she told us that puddle was at. There was no puddle. But the really creepy thing is about another half mile into the trail, we come across like, it was like, it's a slight bend. It's not like a, it's my, it's not like a real, like the bend that she was talking about. It's just like a little slight one. And then my girlfriend steps into this massive puddle that was still covered by melting snow. Wait, 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 wait. You're getting nervous, man. Calm down. It's okay. That scared the shit out of me. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. And as we get to this, um, as she steps in the puddle, she turns around and she's like, okay, well now I'm, she's like, I'm wearing Chuck Taylor's. Like my foot is fucking soaked. So we get, we do like, okay, fine. We'll turn around. We'll come back a different day. And we turn around, we're walking back and the entire time she's getting pushed, shoved, tripped, all of the typical dumb shit that they like to do to you when you can't see them. And we get in my car, we go home, and we're hanging out at my house for like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I was like, hey, we should go to the trail tonight. And she's like, sure, let's go back. She's like, I got to wa- I gotta make sure my stuff is dry. And I was like, okay, well, her stuff was dry, and we head back to the trail. And I was like, and I told her on the way there, I was like, this time I'm going to talk to that demon. And she's like, okay. Now she is very petrified of this demon. So I kudos to her for standing there or not standing there, but sitting in my car with me for like 45 minutes while I'm conversing with this thing. So we get to the trail and I kind of, I forget to leave this detail out, but every time we get near this trail, my girlfriend gets a serious headache. And yeah, and we pull in and I back my car up, same exact spot. And the thing is in the same exact spot where it always stands. So I start talking to it. I was like, I was like, what are you doing here? What happened here? And he's like, that's none of your business. And then I asked him, I was like, are you a demon? And he goes, wouldn't you like to know? And then I asked him, I was like, what's my name? And he told me my girlfriend's translating all this to me so i just want to put that out there he tells her my full name and i asked him i was like so are you connected to all these deaths on this land and he goes yes i call i'm calling them home and then he and then he looks at my girlfriend and he says he's like it's time for you to come home so that automatically popped something into my brain. I was like, hold on a second. Maybe in your past life, were you maybe into some dark witchy shit? 
that maybe you were a part of something dark. And she goes, possibly, I don't know, but you wouldn't expect like, she's not into that. And so I was like, that, that would be weird, but like, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, but these, these things can trick people too, right? That is true. They can. Yeah. It's, it's a huge chess game with anything evil. And so like, I'm talking to it. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, he's like, they're, you know, all mine and everything like that. And I was like, what happened to Carl? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. And I was like, what's your name? He's like, I'm not going to tell you. And this goes on for a little bit and I'm talking to him and I eventually just like, okay, well, we'll, let's just head out. Let's just go back home. And on my way back home, my girlfriend read my fucking mind and I was like, you know what we should do? And she finished my, she finished my sentence for me and said, grab the Ouija board. She said, (laughs) (laughs) she said, grab the Ouija board and head back. I was like, yep. So get back to my house, grab the Ouija board, head back to the trail. Now, when we, when we use this thing, we are very safe with it. We light up candles. We do a salt circle. We do all of the precautions to not get infected with whatever evil or whatever thing we're talking to. <clears throat> Parasitical energy. Yeah. So I come back and now this thing is pissed off because he's been telling us to leave all fucking night, which I don't know why he's so angry because like this is the most probably interaction you ever fucking get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You sh- you should be happy that I'm actually She's talking thankful to you. For me, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I park in the same exact spot and I rolled down my window. I was like, do you give us permission to use the Ouija board? Cause I, we always ask for permission and we always tell things. They're not welcome to follow us home. And I haven't had anything attached to me whenever we do this. And I was like, I'm just trying to be respectful. I was like, can we use a Ouija board? He's like, you are the most disrespectful little shit I know. Because I've been telling you to leave for the past fucking hour and a half. And you aren't. And you came back. And I was like, well, can we use it? And he goes, he's like, you can use it. But I'm not responsible for anything that happens to you. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay. I'm not going to do that. Because... My girlfriend noticed and she told me she noticed this, like, you know, you know, the ranch style fences where it's got the one, like one long post on top, the one in the middle and the one on the bottom. Yep. Well, there was this evil entity that was sitting on the middle swinging its legs. My girlfriend was telling me and we're like, I was like, mm, no, we are not going to use the Ouija board. And then I, I forgot what else I asked him about. I probably should have wrote it down, but my girlfriend re- remembers this story way better than I do. And somehow as I'm still talking to it, she taps my shoulder and she says, Logan, that thing that was swinging its legs is five feet from your car. And I was like, okay, we're leaving. Goodbye, everybody. And I was like, you're not welcome to follow us home. So we find, we go. And as I'm leaving this fucking trail, I look over at my girlfriend. And she, have you ever seen the horror movie Smile? Yes. 
she has that smile on her face and she's looking directly at me. And wait, wait, your girlfriend? Yeah. And this part, and this part, she doesn't remember. So she's looking at me and I feel this, like I, in my mind, I'm thinking that's not my girlfriend just out of nowhere. I've never questioned my girlfriend whatsoever, but that moment I was like, that's not my girlfriend. And let me backtrack a little bit. Remember the wife that I said that said that really weird, really weird shit to us. Yeah. When she said that to us, I was like, are you real? There's no way you're real. Why are you being weird right now? I was like, you are not human right now. And I'm thinking that when I'm talking to the wife, when me and my girlfriend are talking to the wife. So that same feeling came back when my girlfriend gave me that fucking smile. And as I look over at her, my body, like my inner energy or my inner soul rises up out of my body. And it's like, I am towering over her. And then it all goes away. And she's like back to her normal self. And we started talking about something. I forgot what we started talking about afterwards, but I was like, that is so fucking weird. And I held on to that for a week. I didn't tell her. And then one night we were just sitting in my driveway about to, we just got food and we were about to head in. And I asked her about it. And she's like, Dusty, I do not remember that at all. And I was like, and thank you very much. That's why we are not going to the trail for some while, for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, that's intense, man. Like, yeah. Feel like you guys are the new modern, uh, legitimate Warrens. We, <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep our, we are the most honest when it comes to it. We don't, like to lie or because that's what that's what i hate i hate being lied to yes i want everything to be truthful no every every horror like not horror but like every paranormal experience is different from person to person absolutely the the podcast that i listen to me and my girlfriend are the only people that i know and that i've listened to that can genuinely converse back and forth with the spirit you know what i mean like a lot of them they don't have like conversations for 45 the demon on a trail i haven't heard anybody that does that so it it, it, it just weirds me out like why can we have a conversation with that but like i've never heard another person talking with a specific spirit I think I think you guys are uh, tapped into something that most people are not, and uh, I think it's very legitimate. And I think it's uh, you know you guys are going to go far together if you keep this up. Um, but make sure you protect yourself, you know, because I wouldn't fuck. I wouldn't fuck around with a Ouija board, no matter what. But yeah, yeah, we always. I'm not in, sorry, I'm I'm just not into the whole, like, communicating with spirits and, you know, because I know, I know they exist. I don't need proof, right? Yeah. Uh, So I don't want to fuck around with a Ouija board. I don't want to fuck around with uh, any kind of ritualistic uh, magic or per se or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I I, I do believe uh, that your experiences are completely fucking legitimate and, 
uh, if you're going to keep doing it, then yeah, the, all, all my own uh, personal uh, uh, what do you call it? Advice is to just make sure that you're protected from it. That's all. We are a hundred percent. We always protect ourselves. Like, like my girlfriend says, or like my girlfriend tells me we have that protection deity. She's always with us. And that was, she told me that that wasn't her that attract that deity. It was actually someone sent that deity to us to protect us from our adventures and make sure yeah, because, that they, okay. because that deity knows what you're going through and mm-hmm. what, uh yeah no, i totally believe mm-hmm. that and we like and we also have really great experiences like my great grandpa who passed away i can't remember if it's colon cancer or prostate cancer it's one of the cancers that it's like when you find it it's basically too late right right I ended up passing away from cancer when i was but he'll pop in like once every couple weeks to talk to me and I'll ask him questions about, you know, the spiritual side. Like, what is it? Like I asked him the first time we met, I was like, what is it like where you're at? And he's like, it is the most peaceful thing you'll ever go through. Um, um, so my last guest that I had on, she was talking about how everything paranormal uh, according to the Quran, is jinn, or that's where they get the word genie from. Yeah, uh, spirits, spirits that are attached to us, and when we die, they have nowhere else to go on this on this plane. Mm-hmm. So they could trick you into thinking that they are a, a very uh, you know benevolent spirit, but yeah, they're not really. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, see, I test my girlfriend on what, not really test her. I don't really test her, but I have pictures of my great grandpa and I'll be like, is this what you saw? Is this the man that you saw? And she's like, yeah, that's him. And he first didn't come as himself. He came as a shadow. He had that wall up. And as I started talking to him, I started making him laugh. He got more comfortable. He fully revealed himself to my girlfriend. And he like, I'll ask him like specific questions on like when he was alive and stuff like that. And he'll answer them. And like, I'll ask like the last time I talked, like he left for an entire month and didn't talk to me. And I was like, where the fuck did you go? Like, what are you doing over there? He's like, I was like, did you go to Cabo or something? Like what's going on? He's like, He's like, no, I was visiting all of your other family members. And so it's just, it's just weird. Like I have, a, and my girlfriend is really clairvoyant. So like she can, she picks up like right away if something is evil or if it's good. Like she hates when she sees a spirit and it's crouched. Like I have four spirits in my house. It's my great grandpa. We have one that just runs up and down the stairs. And then I have like a six and a half, seven foot shadow figure that doesn't do anything. He just hangs around. And then I also have uh, one that's in my closet and he's on my top rung in my closet on the, on the top shelf. He must he, be, he must be the gay one. <laughs> <laughs> and so he is just, he's hunched over and 
me and my girlfriend, we have these three little kid spirits that are attached to us everywhere we go. They come with, and they're awesome. They're funny. They'll play little tricks on us and stuff like that. And they're just fun to be around. And she has this one spirit, this one spirit in my closet. He's always hunched over and he scares the kids. He scares my girlfriend. And so she always told me, usually the ones that are crouched want to be hidden and don't want you to notice them. So nine times out of 10, they aren't nice. And so she usually picks up wherever we go. If it's going to be, if it's positive or negative within a heartbeat. Interesting. That's wild, man. Yeah. I feel like you, you guys like are the real fucking Ed and Lorraine, you know, like, you know, like I, that's what I'm getting out of this one. And I'm probably going to fucking title that this episode, the <laughs> real Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I, it's so much fun. I love doing what I do and doing it with her makes it 30 yeah, times. That's great. Better. I think you found something very divine with your girlfriend and like it's divinely appointed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because when I was moving up here from Atlanta, I was like, I'm going to, when I make it back home, <coughs> I'm going to go full force to my podcast. And I started releasing three episodes a week, soon to be four starting next week. And I was like, I want to go to haunted locations. I want to do all of this exploring. And just out of pure 100, it's either pure fate or it's pure luck. I ended up being able to meet her. And that was one of my things that I just. Like, a, like I said, to... divinely appointed. Man. Yeah. And it, it's know? just. It's you guys just, are meant to be, I think. I think so too. And it's just crazy. And. And the sex is probably good too, right? Mm. <laughs> we don't have to get there. I, that was that was a no, date. no comment. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she's probably a deep in the sack. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Dusty, I'm gonna wrap it up here, and uh, I appreciate you so much for coming on. And it was, this is a wild conversation. Uh, I I didn't know it was gonna go this way, but it was fucking awesome. Thank um, you. Tell the cartel where they can find you. And, you guys, uh, yeah, you that. guys, you guys can find me on Instagram at the Rainy Day Horror Show. If you want to follow my personal Instagram account, it's Dusty McBalls. Um, if you want to listen to my podcast, I upload three times a week. Well, probably soon to be four once once I get everything situated. It'll be four next week, and it's. I release my normal channel of where I do true crime, conspiracies, aliens, anything horror related. I cover it. Those episodes come out on Sundays at noon. Tuesdays at noon, I do Reddit horror stories. And then Thursdays at, yeah, Thursdays at noon, I do horror movie breakdowns or horror movie reviews. And then Saturdays, I start, I'm starting to do rando Nautica horror stories. I love it. Those randonaut, uh, randonaut stories are awesome. They are crazy, but I I crazy. haven't delved into that, but I would love to do that sometime with somebody. It's interesting. I want to. <clears throat> I don't. We ran, we ran out of into it, but you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, we ran out of horror places to explore, so I gotta try a different avenue. So that's what we're gonna do. And I appreciate I appreciate you for having me on. It was a blast. We talked about things that I didn't think we were even gonna talk about. Right? That's how it usually goes on my show. Yeah. I love it, man. I could get anybody on here and like have fucking go anywhere in the world in the universe, you know? So it's great, man. I appreciate you brother and keep in touch for sure. And I'd like, I'd love to have you even love to have your, you and and your girlfriend on sometime if she's down. Perfect. She, uh, she'll be down. Trust me. Cool, man. Okay. So, uh, God bless you. May you be blessed in your new relationship, uh, five, six months now. So, Yeah, man, and all the best of success to you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. I appreciate it. Me too. Later, bro. Later. Greetings, cartel, and thank you so much for once again tuning into the Red Bill Cartel. This is indeed your favorite goat, Nigel the Goat speaking, and... uh, We want to thank you so very much for, uh, you know, tuning in and uh, listening to uh, Dusty McBall's story. Davey, what did you think? Well, I was going to ask you what you thought, Nigel, but, uh, you know, like everything that he said, even though he's like like, uh, 20 years younger than me, which is pretty fucking wild and we can connect on that deep level, but yeah, it was fucking amazing. What do you think, Nigel? Well, you know, Davey, I think both of you are uh, batshit crazy, and and so is his girlfriend, you know, but... uh, Nigel, why do you say that? Because, Davey, I don't buy, necessarily buy into the whole, uh, you know, paranormal thing, you know, but uh, anyway, I know you've you've had your experiences growing up and whatnot, but uh, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, but they're not batshit crazy because they had their own experiences too, right? So you can't fucking throw the baby out of the bathwater or vice versa. Mm, I guess not, but uh, whatever. You keep being crazy, you keep being your crazy self and uh, whatever. We love, we love everybody we get on the show, you know. But, uh, okay, Nigel, tell them what they gotta do. Why are you being so pushy? Anyway, Cartel, uh, Davey's being pushy, but uh, we have to let you know that, uh, you know, if you enjoyed the show and you want to support it, you know, you can join the Patreon and give us a few bucks for a tip. And you can also, you know, give five-star review on Spotify or Apple, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Right, Davey? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and follow Dusty and his endeavors on uh, Rainy Day Horror Show. That's about it. Uh, I think I think we're good to go, Davey. Uh, we love you, Cartel, very much. And uh, you know what Nigel DeGordo always says. <laughs>